Hello team, hope you're doing well. Happy Tuesday the 11th of January 2022. I hope the week is going well for you. I hope January has started off good for you. Um, whether you're maintaining, whether you're pushing yourself, whatever the case may be, I hope you're on track. I want to ask you a couple of questions before we get into this today that you can use to reflect and assess this year so far. And the first one is, let's use yesterday as an example. Yesterday was Monday, but if you listen to the replay, you can use the day before. If yesterday was repeated 365 days in a row in terms of your performance, how much you put into the day, would you be hitting your goals for 2022? So if you was to do, if you was to repeat yesterday for 365 days consecutively, would you be hitting your 2022 goals? So if your workout, if you got your workout in, if you ate your calories, if you drank your water, you did your steps, and then on top of that, how much did you put into the workout? How much effort did you put into the day? This is a really good way to get rid of guilt and overthinking, am I doing good enough? Am I doing enough? If the answer to the question is no, if I repeated yesterday over and over again throughout the year and I wasn't any closer to my goal, that's a sign that maybe you could do, be doing more. And the exception is, okay, yesterday might have been a rest day for you. But if yesterday was an active day where you was moving towards your goals, and this works in the same with your career, if you're setting up a business, whatever the case may be, did I attack the day aggressively enough with enough enthusiasm? Did I put enough effort in to know that if I repeated this day over and over and over, I'd be very close to my goals? Because the problem I notice is when we're working hard, we don't trust that we're working hard enough. And then we become our own masochist, punishing ourselves. And then the other extreme is when we become complacent and we tell ourselves that we're doing the right thing. Well, I ate a bit of broccoli this morning. So that might have taken me towards my goal. But if you... We all know the truth deep down. You know the truth deep down. I know the truth deep down. When I'm when I'm not being 100% honest with myself, I notice there's an underlying feeling of guilt. And that guilt will ultimately ruin your results because when you feel guilty, that's exhausting. And then you're going to probably want to look for an escape from that feeling. That might be food. That might be drink. No one wants to feel guilty or that they're not doing enough. This taps into our integrity and self-trust. And I was writing a post for my social media yesterday about self-trust. And I believe after 14 years of being a coach, self-trust is probably one of the biggest barriers, one of the biggest steps that we all need to get over to actually create long-lasting change and results with fitness. Self-trust 
You can call it self-belief, integrity, all the same kind of thing. But self-trust, I think, articulates it the best. Because you know, when I get up today, I'm going to make the most out of today. I'm going to do what I can. Something might happen that's out of my control, but I'm going to make the most of it. When I go to bed, I know that I put my all in today. Yes, it probably could have been a little bit better. But at the end of the day, it was a very good day. That requires trust and you won't, you'll ask someone else to confirm if you're doing good enough all the time if you don't trust yourself and ultimately we want to get to a place where we do trust ourselves because then you won't ever have to go to a fad diet, you won't overthink the process, you won't beat yourself up for making a small mistake because you know and you trust that you know what, I'm a person that does my best, I'm not perfect but I'll do my best. That was just the first question. I've already gone on a rant, but yeah, that was just the first question. The second question is, are your expectations right now realistic? The expectations that you're putting on yourself on a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis, or your goal in 12 weeks time, how much you want to lose, how much you want to lift, is it realistic? And then at the same time, because as you notice, I work in balance. We don't want to go too far the one way, but we also don't want to become too complacent. So the second question is, are my goals, are my habits right now challenging enough for me to be excited and invested enough to make a change? Because if your goals are way too simple, easy, they don't leave you with a little bit of fear, a little bit of excitement. It's very hard to enjoy the journey. It's very easy to become complacent because you're basically just going on autopilot. And I noticed this in myself. For a long time, I've always had that little bit of a desire to just go into autopilot. I want to be in great shape easily. I want to build a business in an easy, streamlined way. These are the some of the thoughts that I've noticed over time. And I think it's a bit of society, maybe just being young and naive and thinking that good things or great things come without hard work. I don't believe anything that is worthwhile won't have any, well, yeah, will come completely easy. Yes, it doesn't have to be complete graft all the time, but it always requires hard work. Relationships require hard work. Building a great physique requires hard work. Challenging yourself, growing, building self-confidence and self-belief requires hard work. You can't get one without the other. And if anyone tells you any different, they're probably trying to sell you something on the back of it. And they're probably trying to lure you in. Oh, yeah, I've got this magic trick. I've got this magic pill that make you lose 10 pounds a day for the next 20 days. And if I had that, I'd be a very rich man. So <laughs> I digress. Today, the main topic is I want to talk to you about the things that don't matter in the process. The things that matter in context 
And then we're going to finish with the things that do matter. Because, yeah. Well, I think it's all year round, but especially now, people are going to be very susceptible to overthinking the very small things that don't make a big difference. And that is wasted energy. Another thing that I like to talk about, because that's probably one of our biggest commodities, energy. Some people call it motivation. I call it energy. You only get a certain amount per day. You're not always going to be motivated. You're not going to always have 100% energy. But if we preserve it, if we use it effectively, we're off to the races. We build momentum. We're more, we're enjoying the, um, the process more. We're more confident. We're getting more results. And that's what we all want. So the things that don't matter, and these are things that I hear people talk about, they ask about, they mention, and they spend energy on that really don't move the needle. And if they do move the needle, maybe 1%, 5%, if we're going for a 100% graph, these things really don't move the needle that much. So I've heard people ask me, is it bad to have eggs every day? And I said, no, not at all. All the stuff about cholesterol and things like that, especially everyone that's listening to this who is exercising more than they were at a point before training with me. Your cholesterol levels level themselves out naturally. Let's part that one to the side. You can have eggs every day and be healthy. It doesn't matter whether you exercise in the morning or in the evening. That's not a massive... Yeah, or even when people say fasted cardio, fasted this. Yeah, you, you might feel a bit better doing it, but it doesn't make a big difference. Once again, it doesn't matter that much. One workout on its own doesn't matter. This might be sad news for someone, but I was saying to someone the other day, like one workout won't make you just like one takeaway won't break you. Get in on your high horse and thinking I'm going to drop 10 pounds from doing one workout is the same silliness as believing I had one chippy and now the whole diet's messed up. One workout will not make you. It's what we do on a regular basis that define us. Simple. The scales don't really matter that much. They're a, they're a little bit of a signpost to how you're doing. They're a metric. They're a part of the story. I think the best analogy is, like, let's look at a, a footballer and their statistics for the season. And if I just look at the amount of assists they got in football that year, the amount of times they've set someone else up for the goal, and then I run away with that and think, oh, they're the best striker in the league, or they're an awful striker. There's so many more statistics that are important that tell the whole story. There's some amazing strikers that are quite, are quite ball greedy and they don't pass the ball and they don't set people up, but they actually score a lot of goals or they do other things that contribute to the team. I think you get the point. The scales don't tell the whole story. They're a small metric. They can be used. They give us a part of the story, but they don't matter that much. There's other things that matter more. Whether you buy kettlebells or dumbbells to work out at home with, that doesn't really matter. 
that's something you don't want to waste your energy contemplating too much. Okay, you might want to take five minutes and think, okay, these are the benefits of kettlebells. These are the benefits of dumbbells. That works to my favor. I'll go with that one. But the point is, I don't want you to waste your time contemplating on it too much because it actually sucks your energy and wastes your time. And it's not that it's not that deep. Someone said to me the other day, I think that's the that's what the kids are saying nowadays. It's not that deep. So yeah, when to work out doesn't matter either. I've kind of covered that with morning or evening. It doesn't really matter if you eat bread or not. If you're losing weight, you're gaining weight. It doesn't make you good. It doesn't make you bad if you eat bread. Yeah. Whoever's told you different, it's probably Slimming World. It's probably Weight Watchers. It's probably someone that's got a quick fix system for you to believe in, which makes them unique. That makes them a niche as a business. And if we tell people that you can't have bread, they'll buy into it because we're different. You can eat bread and lose weight, I promise you. Detox teas don't matter. They make a very small difference. They probably allow you to go to the toilet a little bit more. Um, but they won't change your calories in total. They won't. Um, if you go over your calories one day, that doesn't matter either. It's only one day, once again, same as like one meal, one day. There's a lot more things that don't really matter. But those are some that I wanted to start with. And obviously, we'll finish with what does matter. So you've got a clarity on what to focus on on a daily basis. There's some things that I'd say matter in context. We'll quickly go through this because context, so I don't know how I've said that. Context is everything. The reason that you've got yourself a coach, a personal trainer, is so you can get specific feedback on what you need. That's context. There's overarching themes that are true to the population about calories, about protein, about water, and so on. But to get even more results and to get even more clarity, context is important. And that goes down to what you need, where you're at, what your goal is. So I'd say protein shakes only matter if you are struggling to get protein through food every day. Sometimes that's because you don't have much of an appetite. Sometimes that's because you're really busy and you don't even get the chance to have two, let alone three meals a day. Then I'd say it matters to have protein shakes or protein bars or protein flapjacks. I think you get the point because it saves time, it's convenient, and it's better to have some protein than no protein. Breakfast, the conventional idea of breakfast only matters if it makes you, like there's certain people that get really hungry around 1, 2 p.m., they haven't eaten all morning, 1, 2 p.m. hit, and they're starving, and then they raid the fridge, they spend 15 quid in Costa coffee because suddenly they've been hit with an urge of hunger. So for that person, 
or even the person that feels lightheaded in the middle of the day, for that person, yes, breakfast might matter. Because if it's causing you, if it's making you make bad decisions later on in the day, yes, it matters. But for everyone else, if you don't want to have breakfast, if you don't like to have breakfast, and when I say this, I mean before 11 a.m., because breakfast basically means to break fast. I'm fasted and I've broke my fast. So technically, you break your fast at whenever. You can break your fast at 5 p.m., but we won't get too technical. What everyone thinks of as breakfast, it matters matters to some people and it doesn't matter to others. If you want to have a bigger lunch and a bigger dinner and you stay in your calorie deficit, go for it. If you like intermittent fasting, go for it. Enjoy it. And I've con- I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. The only way I would say that morning versus evening workouts matter is if you work out on the evening and the whole day you dread it, seven times out of ten, you end up calling off the workout because you've been thinking about it all day. You've had a really long day. You're tired. You've been looking at emails. I think it matters to you to, to move your workout to the morning or the afternoon if you've got that freedom. I'm personally a big, I don't know what the word is, influencer of morning workouts. I prefer to work out every morning, get it out of the way. I have this psychological story I tell myself that I've got the hardest thing done, the most painful thing done, out of the way I can take on the world. That's literally how I feel. So that matters to me. That makes a difference to me. But once again, it's not the be all and end all. Some people, it doesn't matter what time they work out. Some people, it does, like I've just said. And we're going to finish off now with the things that do matter. We've put to the side all the things that make a small difference. And then some, maybe a little bit more than a small difference. Still not anything significant. And just to remind you, these things matter to those people that want to either lose weight, build muscle, perform better in workouts or running or whatever the case may be. This is for those people. The first thing that matters is how much you eat. That's, That's probably the overarching thing How much you eat is very, very important. I'm not saying exactly what you eat, how much. And people don't like this one, or some people don't like this one, because all I'm saying to you is moderation. And that means, oh, Brenton, does that mean I've got to think every single day? And like, okay, I've I've opened a couple of cookies, and now I have to think. Can I have the cookies or not? Can I have the whole packet or not? People would like that kind of response from me. Because a lot of us are conditioned by slimming world and lose 10 stone in 10 hours. We like these hard and fast rules. And I'm going to say, because I think I find it funny and I think it's true. And I don't know what you're political. I'm not into politics that much, but I kind of see this as like a, a communist diet. Oh, I want a communist diet because then, you know, we either do it or we don't like If one person can't have cookies, no one can have cookies. If I can have cookies, I can have loads. 
And it's that kind of mindset. It's not going to work. How much you eat matters most. So there's nothing that we can ban. There's nothing that you can't have. And when we ban things, it makes us want them even more. It makes us desire them even more. It makes it even harder emotionally to not think about it. So how much you matter, how much you matter, how much you eat matters most. That's where you've got your calorie deficit. That's where you've got your calorie target or calorie surplus for anyone that wants to gain weight. And that takes into consideration your age, your height, your weight, your goal, your activity level. Yeah. Second most important thing is to have protein at all meals. If you have two meals a day, three meals a day, four meals a day, protein at every single one, a substantial amount of protein. And when I say that, I mean a chicken breast, a salmon fillet, a couple of eggs, oats, um, a handful of nuts, Greek yogurt, if you're veggie or vegan, um, lentils, chickpeas, different types of beans, tempeh, the list goes on. Yes, you get little bits of protein from carbohydrate sources like bread, rice and things like that. But I'm talking about a, a substantial amount of protein. I'm thinking like a good 15 grams plus per meal. This matters to people that are losing weight, that are gaining weight, that are trying to perform better, that don't want to be as hungry throughout the day. The list goes on. I say what I mean and I mean what I say. And the things that I'm reeling off here with what does matter, I'm going in order. There's a hierarchy here. We've gone from how much you eat. Now we're going into protein at all meals. And then a bonus then on top is protein at snacks. Because protein... It's going to speed up your metabolism. It's going to help you recover from workouts. It's going to keep you fuller for longer. It's going to help. I'll say that carefully. It's going to help reduce the likelihood of getting injured because you're going to have stronger bones, joints, tendons, ligaments. It contributes to anti-aging. Yeah. If there was a company that... Well, yeah, if, if protein wanted to do adverts, I'd happily do them. And I think I'd be quite good at them because the list goes on. The more I think about it, the benefits go on and on and on. And I can say it with the bottom of my heart, you need protein all the time. And the people that struggle to lose weight, they struggle to stop cravings and things like that. They don't get enough protein. And for so long, they haven't been getting protein. So when I say this, so when I give them a protein target, when I mention the amount of protein to get, it's like kind of, I'm asking them to do four black, um, four backflips. How much you eat, protein at all meals. Getting uncomfortable in workouts. This is the third one. Every single workout, every time I've got great results, I've shifted my mindset from, I hope this is, easy, is as easy as possible. How can I make this as easy as possible to... I'm going to lean into what's uncomfortable. If it's uncomfortable, it means I'm moving forward. That's a very valuable lesson I learned losing weight at the age of like 16, 17. That's the first time I got into fitness. And I had a very opposite mindset to that. So it really worked for me. It really helped me learn that you've got to lean in to the uncomfortable things. And exercise is the perfect example for that. 
And as long as you are moving forward 1% each and every time, you work out, you run, you walk, whether you're going a little bit faster, a little bit further, you're making it a little bit more difficult, your body has to adapt. That's what weight loss is. That's what toning up is. That's what building strength is. It is forcing your body to adapt. When we train the same, we remain the same. So whether you up the weight, run further, go faster, go for more time, try a different type of exercise, you're getting uncomfortable. That's a very important component. As well as that, training more frequently. I've been training three times a week for the last two months. I've lost weight, but I've hit a bit of a plateau. I'm going to go for four times a week. That's a perfect example. The fourth thing that matters in order, once again, is sleep. If we don't sleep, we don't recover, we don't rest, that affects to what extent we can train harder, we can get up and be more active, and we burn calories in our sleep. That depends on the quantity of sleep and the quality of sleep. Seven to nine hours is ideal for an adult, between seven and nine hours. Some people are anomalies. Some people can function perfectly fine off six, and that's that's fine. There are people that are like that, but by on average, seven to nine, and you're only going to know if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're always craving carbs, you're always craving sugar, you're always lethargic, or even the quality of your sleep. I think this is more common than people think. The quality of people's sleep isn't great. That's either due to stress, that's down to what you're doing the last hour or so before you go to bed. If you're watching TV, you're on your iPad, you're on your laptop, in your bed, you're looking at screens that have got lights on, and subconsciously your mind is thinking, oh, it's still daytime, it's still bright. And certain hormones give your body signals that, oh, okay, I need to go sleep now. But they don't, them hormones don't kick in because you're still giving, you're still getting light. So I encourage you, at least for the last hour before you go to bed, read a book, journal, write a poem. <laughs> I don't know. Just don't look at screens if your sleep is a problem. If it's fine, do what you do. And then the last thing that matters is water, water intake. Very simple, very obvious. Drinking more water, the health benefits are obvious, I don't need to go into that, but sometimes when we're hungry, we're actually dehydrated. And sometimes when we're hungry, it's actually because we haven't got the fluids and the hydration in our body to move the nutrients around your body as quickly as possible. Because water, fluid, helps assist in taking the nutrients around your body. And then if your body is getting all the nutrients, it doesn't need to send your brain any more signals that you're hungry, because that's what hunger is. Sometimes we eat the wrong foods that don't, that aren't that dense in nutrients. And therefore, our brain, our, our body is telling our brain, I'm still not getting enough of that. So here's another signal. So no wonder you're after an hour or so, you're still 
hungry after that McDonald's. So we've covered there how much you eat, protein at all meals, getting uncomfortable in each and every workout, sleep quality and quantity, and water. And I'm going to make one more, I'm going to add one more thing actually. And it is, it's still in that order that does matter. And it's called your TDEE, Total Daily Energy Expenditure. Working out, exercising is great. But how much you move throughout the day, throughout the week, is massively overlooked. And this is stuff that's outside of conventional exercise, the workout, the run, and so on. Hence why we're doing the challenge with the steps. Moving more on a daily basis, walking, hoovering, putting the washing out if it's summer. All these activities add up. And if you notice, if we was going back about 30, 40 years, most people weren't struggling with weight loss because they were doing they were doing work around the house. They probably didn't have a washing machine. They probably had a hoover, I don't know, but they probably didn't have a gardener, they probably didn't have a cleaner. All these activities that we do on a daily basis would be contributing to how much calories we burn on a day-to-day basis, and it's massively overlooked. So I encourage you to consider that as well. Thanks for listening today. I've gone on a little bit. I'm quite tired from all this talking. I'm going to take a nap. I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll see you all next week.